Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 12th. This is week six of the NFL season. I can't believe it. We're already a third of the way through. Yes, there are 18 weeks this year. We're doing 17 weeks of show. My name is Michael Nazarak, Fantasy Football Mastermind, co-host of this podcast and Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, very experienced fantasy writer and player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well, thank you. Still trying to recover from that Monday night football game, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, kind of a crazy one for both fantasy and for the Colts fans. But uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was a crazy one. I mean, uh, to see that game 10-3 to at halftime and – and, uh, you know, personally, uh, we, we had an interest in the game, and our opponent had Mark Andrews. I had um, another uh, FFPC uh, uh, game with Mark Andrews uh, in it against me. Uh, and going into this game, I had like a 50-point lead, and uh, he scores 40. In the FFPC scoring system, scores 47 points. Uh, you know, I had a couple of the kickers and such. I ended up winning by five, and I'm like, I had a you know 60 point lead. I thought I was <laughs> no problem at all. But uh, fortunately, close wins across the board, and uh, all these games with Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Andrews going off. But uh, it, it really brought some excited uh, time into late night football on Monday night, and that's what we're here for. Anyway, let's get right to the news. Uh, oh, uh, first of all, I do want to mention, uh, be remiss, and our sponsor of our show. It's a uh, Prediction strike. Uh, do you wish that you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Derrick Henry? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock, sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create pro- profiles of their favorite athletes so they can make money and even get closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Use the code MASTERMIND, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of the players will change based on their game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player is currently in a durant playing. Sign up with the promo, uh, promo code MASTERMIND once again to receive a free athletic share uh, with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share could be, worth, uh, could be as expensive as $30, and watching how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. If you are using an Android phone, please check them out at predictionstrike.com. All right, let's get right to the big news and notes of the week. Uh, we always cover the big injuries here. Russell Wilson, the first major quarterback to go down for any time of per- period of time, two separate types of injuries to his middle a throwing finger. He underwent surgery 
last Thursday night after the game, and he's likely out four to six weeks. So it's Geno Smith time. Geno, yeah, the former Jet quarterback. So uh, fantasy thoughts on Geno Smith. Uh, Chris, do you pick him up? Do you ignore him and go somewhere else? What do you think is going to happen in Seattle moving forward? Uh, it kind of depends on what your league has available on the waiver wire. Most leagues, unless they're very big or very big rosters, probably have at least a couple of NFL starters out there. And there might be some guys out there that are possibly comparable to Geno Smith. I don't have he's – not, he's not Russell Wilson, obviously. There's a reason he's kicked around for 10 years and he was backing up Russell Wilson. But uh, this is going to be a long-term gig. I know they said four to eight weeks, but, you know, that, that important middle finger, that last joint in your throwing hand is really important for a, for a quarterback. So I'm going to guess it's going to be toward the longer end to make sure he's good. So I, I think Geno Smith will be serviceable, but I don't think he'll be Russell Wilson-esque by any stretch. Um, the bigger con- concern is what does it do to the other fantasy players on the Seahawks? And uh, DK Metcalf's a non-factor. He's going to be he's going to be the man either way. I think the guy that it might potentially hurt is is uh, Lockett because um, Tyler Lockett did have ten targets in that last game, but most of them were from Wilson before he left the game, and he's kind of a target hog from Wilson. I don't know if that's going to continue. And I'm worried about the peripheral guys and their receiving. Like, will Gerald Everett finally come back and step up? Who knows? That remains to be seen. Will these secondary receivers get anything? I think that's where we're going to lose. That's where they're going to lose target share. Wilson and Lockett, or uh, excuse me, Metcalf and Lockett probably won't lose much target share, um, but they may. But Lockett might diminish a little bit in PPR systems. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think it's the quality of the target share. Uh, that's going to be effective. And Zeke Metcalf such a big target. Geno Smith can hit him easily. Uh, I think Russell Wilson really had uh, great chemistry with Tyler Lockett, and that's a, that's a smaller target. You have to be really working on the timing there, and that's uh, you know hours and hours and hours and seasons of working with, with Lockett. I think he will suffer a little bit there. And like you said, Gerald Everett, we don't know if he's going to be really using the game plan or not. And of course, Geno likes to run here and there uh, you know, uh, to get out of trouble. Uh, also, we don't know what's going to happen with Chris Carson with that neck injury whether he's going to come back or not. Pete Carroll kind of teased saying on Monday that there had been a development there, but he didn't want to get into it. So the question is, is that good or is that bad? I don't know. Otherwise, it's, it's Alex Collins moving forward. Anyway, those lots to consider there. But if you've got guys like Terrell, Taylor Heineke on your waiver wire or Sam Darnold or whatnot, uh, you know, they're probably going to get you just as much or even more than what Geno Smith would be. Of course, if you're in a 16-team league, Slim Pickens, you know, uh, Geno might be the best you can get. Anyway, let's move to the running back position and. Uh, Oh, my New York Giants just took it on the chin. Everybody's hurt there. <laughs> we'll get to the long list uh, in a minute, but Saquon Barkley uh, rolled his ankle. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't a serious, serious type of injury, but, boy, it swelled up really quickly on the sidelines. He was rolled quickly out for the game, and he's not going to play this week. He might be out for a couple weeks and all. Uh, so Devontae Booker looks like next man up. Uh, you know, they list uh, Saquon as week-to-week. Fantasy impact, uh, Chris, what do you think of Devontae Booker or what, what, what's, what's going to happen with the Giants? Well, for everything I said about Geno Smith not being Russell Wilson, Devontae Booker is way, way, way not Saquon Barkley. But he's going to be the man there. He's going to get you know, the bulk of the carries. He clearly took almost every snap and touch in the backfield once Barkley went out. Um, the question is, what are you going to get from him? I mean, you're not going to get the explosiveness that you had from a Barkley. Um, and you've also got a really tough matchup the next couple of weeks should you be putting him in the lineup week six and seven. Now, weeks eight and nine are great matchups, but, you know, Barkley could be back by then, could not be. With a week ten bye, uh, if it's not close by week eight or nine, they may sit him, in which case you get De- Devontae Booker with choice matchups in weeks eight and nine. But, you know, it's, 
it's almost like you got to bid big for him if he's on the free agent wire because, you know, week six and seven are big bye weeks for running backs especially. So I think he's going to be really uh, serviceable um, for, with these two tough matchups in week six and seven. And should he play week eight and nine, there I think you could get some RB2 value, high RB2 value from Devontae Booker in those weeks. Yeah, you've got the money to spend on it, especially during these bye weeks. If you're having to rely on somebody like a Nyheim Hines or a J.D. McKissick, that will flash. But more often than not, they're really disappointing, especially this past two game, this past week for both these players hardly uh, touched the ball at all. Then uh, it's worth uh, you know spending the money uh, because of 10, 15 points. You know, Mike might get you a fantasy tunnel down the road. That's very important. Uh, another uh, running back that had a, a, an injury on Sunday night, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, C.H. He sprained an MCL, looked a lot worse than it was. They've been, they just placed him out on IR. They said he was going to have a couple weeks, at least three weeks now. So uh, fantasy impact there, uh, Chris. What do you think? Darrell Williams, uh, Jerick McKinnon, what's, what, what's going on in Kansas City? Yeah, this is one I really don't have much much concern about because Daryl Williams was already getting he – he's averaged 10 touches each of the last three weeks. He was getting a little more action than most people realize. Hilaire has been uh, basically fairly ineffective. He had a couple hundred-yard games uh, weeks three and four, but didn't look that great, honestly, doing it. Um, but like I said, uh, Williams has averaged 10 touches a week last three weeks. He scored twice. Um, I think he's going to be uh, getting the bulk of the action. I mean, Jerry McKinnon is just the occasional scat back. You know, he's – He's, he's not going to carry the ball, at least not between the tackles. Uh, he's, so I, I don't think he's going to take much away. I, I really don't even think he's going to take many catches away in the passing game. Uh, he's going to be just a, a change of pace, uh, give a guy a breather. So I think Daryl Williams is going to be a good guy to pick up. And, and frankly, between Williams and Booker, uh, if you need a guy short-term, I like Williams a lot more. The downside is he's probably already rostered by somebody just because of the Kansas City offense being so potent. So, um, if you can get the two, either one of those two, definitely like Daryl Williams better, um, but he just might not be available without having to make a trade for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's the case in most of the leagues. Uh, it, once again, if you're uh, have somebody like a J.D. McKissick or an I.M. Hines and Daryl Williams is not available, uh, is Jarek McKinnon right on the level there? Because he's going to see some passing uh, passing down work, I think. He's catch some passes. But then again, what about uh, Kyle Juszczyk? <laughs> San Francisco, of course, he's on a bye this week. But that's the type of stuff that people are trying to think about. Well, I just want to get two, three, four catches out of this guy. and I'll, So maybe you can get that out of Jarek McKinnon. But, you know, obviously I think uh, – I agree with you. The guy to target there is uh, Daryl Williams. Uh, moving on over to the wide receiver position, there was one big injury. Juju Smith-Schuster with a shoulder injury. He left uh, early right in that game, uh, you know, declared him out. He had surgery, and unfortunately he's lost for the season. So uh, a couple of names come to mind. James Washington, he's been out with a groin injury. And Ray Ray McLeod that likes to play the slot along with Juju. Fantasy impact there, Chris. Is Ray Ray worth a pickup? What about James Washington? Uh, well, Washington is the more talented, but for some reason they, they just really seem to either in the doghouse or Ray Ray McLeod, you know, got some pictures of Coach Tomlin or something that he doesn't want public because <laughs> Ray Ray McLeod seems, seems to be more liked by the coaching staff. I think the real winner here is going to be Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson is already a little bit of a target hog. Claypool, you really saw him pick it up when Juju went out last week. I think Claypool is going to be the biggest beneficiary of those available targets. There's probably going to be a few for Pat Firemuth, a few more for – for guys like, you know, Washington and Ray Ray. But uh, I think the biggest beneficiary is is Claypool, and the biggest beneficiary in 2022 is going to be whoever can now sign Juju Smith-Schuster for a discounted contract since he's coming off yet another injury. So I I think he's going to be a a big free agent of interest for somebody looking to get a bargain potential uh, wide receiver number one or two next year in the NFL. 
Yeah, I agree with you about Claypool. I've got him one of my teams, and unfortunately didn't start him this past week, and it cost me a win, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, fortunately, uh, he's got more value moving forward. He's going to see more targets there, most definitely. All right, uh, the, the key list of injuries here, Daniel Jones with a concussion. My Giants, uh, status in the certain. We'll see later in the week if he practices uh, Otherwise, oh boy, uh, Mike Lennon, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Christian McCaffrey with a hamstring. He was close to playing. Looks like he, oh, he hopes to play. And if he can practice later, later this week uh, and maybe even get a full uh, set of practices in, it looks like he's going to uh, play. Otherwise, it'll be Chuba Hubbard once again. Dalvin Cook with the ankle, you know, one game in, one game out. Uh, we'll see later this week if he practices uh Cook owners there that don't have Madison are like, oh, boy, sweating it out. Uh, let's hope that Cook can get on the field. Uh, we've got a, a, a team like that, too. <laughs> Chris Carson already mentioned with the neck. It's gonna, we'll see if he practices later this week, too. Moving to wide receiver, the Giants are just devastated. Kenny Galladay, knee not expected to play week-to-week hyper-extension. Kadarius Tony had the big breakout game. Well, he injured his foot, ankle. He's uncertain to play. And then you got Sterling Shepard and Darius playing with hamstring injuries. We'll see if they can practice later this week and play this week. Now, we haven't heard anything about T.Y. Hilton, so I just put this guy's name on the list, his next surgery. He was placed on our beginning of the season, and then after three weeks, uh, the head coach said uh, he's not quite there yet. Uh, is there any local uh, reports out of Indianapolis on what's going on with T.Y. Hilton and when he's going to come back, Chris? There's, no, there's nothing official, but Frank Reich made a mention in passing last week that he was looking better. Um, I don't know what that means because he's not been on the practice field yet. Uh, the, the, really the hope is that they can activate him in the next couple of days and get him on the field because he has absolutely crucified the Houston Texans over his career, like to the tune of ridiculous averaging well over 100 yards a game, more than a touchdown a game. So that would be great if they can get him out there just as a threat. I don't think it's going to happen, but he's a guy that you might want to pick up and stash on your bench just because the next five weeks of the Colts schedule looks very fantasy friendly, especially for the passing game. So you might want to think about that if you've got room on your roster spot, but there's nothing that has stated it's an imminent return for T.Y. Yeah, that's a devastating injury for your team there against uh, Baltimore last night. I can't believe that happened. But uh, I, I'm, on, uh, like you speculating, picked up the Colts' defense. They looked great for the first half of the game, and then it just went to heck in the handbasket. But but they have the, some great games to play the Jets and Jaguars and, and now Houston, and uh, it's just, you know, really lining them up. If they could just get the defense, uh, you know, healthy. I guess you got a couple of guys, cornerbacks with, uh, with concussions. I'm not sure if they're going to play this week, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, moving on over to the rest of the injury list, Julio Jones, the hamstring string for the Titans uh, up in the air. I wouldn't count that he plays, but we'll see if he can practice. Devontae Parker uh, was ruled out late with a shoulder injury. Uh, hopefully he'll play this week. Sammy Watkins once again with a hamstring injury. The Baltimore is going to learn that Sammy doesn't is not a, a fast healer, so I would not expect him to play this week. Unfortunately for Detroit, they lost another wide receiver for the season, uh, or at least out indefinitely. Quintez Cephas broke his collarbone. I know how that feels, and I broke a plain tackle football, too. I was out for several months. Anyway, he's out indefinitely. Curtis Samuel in Washington, uh, I think you could probably drop him off your roster because he had the groin injury. They put him on IR, then he came back and played a little bit, and then he uh, injured it again, and now he's week to week, and they're going to be careful with him. Well, you'll probably see in uh, late November or December. Um, tight end position, Rob Gronkowski, everyone's waiting for him uh, to play, and they are saying, Brian, Bruce Arians says, oh, he's close, he's close. Well, it came out that he's out this week on Thursday night. Uh, the good news is that he's fairly close, so hopefully next week, when there's a lot of players off on buys, and you got Kittle, of course, still in IR, uh, that 
Gronk, Gronk will play. Uh, Dallas Goder, uh he was out with an illness on Monday. They obviously test positive for COVID there. Uh, he's on the COVID list. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to play on Thursday. So that means if you got Zach Ertz, you can plug and play hopefully on Thursday night against the Bucks. They're going to be passing a lot in that game. And Max Williams with the knee uh, could be lost for the season. I haven't really had an update on that, but it looks like a serious knee injury, so uh, don't wouldn't count on him. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we also want to remind everyone, check out our new sponsor, PredictionStrike.com, as well as our own website, FFMastermind.com, with lots of great stuff, including our free NFL Quick Bits feature, free INS Sky scanning reports each week, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. And, of course, uh, we're still pumping out the weekly in-season fantasy newsletters. It's prorated down to 2495 includes things like um, uh, the market uh, with the free agent player trading uh, rankings and play, tra- player trading advice. Uh, the inside slant from John Holler, uh, we've got a, uh, one of those released free from a couple of weeks ago on our site, as well as a market feature. Check that out from week three. Lots of good advice there. It kind of gives you a flair of what we're doing so you can try us out. Uh, as well as our, our weekly rankings, PPR, non-PPR, uh, IDP. We also uh, have uh, developed flex rankings this year and update all those rankings on Saturday and uh, post the inactive list on Sunday. Lots of good stuff. Anyway, um, please also follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick right off your fantasy starting roster or onto it. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. I like Taylor Heineke this week. I mean, only his own team's pass defense is as leaky as the Chiefs, so this should be a track meet as they try to keep up with a desperate Kansas City team. I think that the nagging injuries to Antonio Gibson might keep them from running him too much as well, relying on the aerial attack even more. Heineke's actually been a QB1, number 12 overall, since he took over in Week 2, and has been averaging 27 points a game before running into New Orleans' tough defense last week. And that was without a lot of receiving talent or ridiculous rushing stats to boost him. So I think a high-volume day makes him a solid start. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it looks like Carson Wentz might actually be fantasy startable in this first heavy bye week if you need him. Um, He looked very good last night on Monday Night Football and actually looked okay even running. Had a career-high 402 yards last night, lost in that collapse. And his QBR is 115 in the three healthy games he's played uh, with only one interception all season. Houston's also allowed top 10 quarterback points despite playing against two rookies and two run-heavy teams in five weeks, and they've always been crushed by Indy in the last three years. With three different quarterbacks the last three years, he's averaged, Indy has averaged 305 yards and two-and-a-half passing touchdowns with only one total interception in those six games. Again, three different starting quarterbacks, Luck, Brissett, and Rivers during those six games, so that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it looks like the Colts have their uh, their number moving uh, pretty much every year, even though no matter who the quarterback is. A couple guys I like this week. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia. I know he's uh, struggled in the passing game recently here, but, of course, he gets the job done by scoring touchdowns on the ground. 
I think you've got to stick with him against the injury-riddled Buck secondary. He's going to be doing a lot of passing. I know he probably won't have a, a Godert uh, this week. However, there's Zach Ertz. There's uh, Devonta Smith, who I think is going to score. And Jalen Rager, too, is very underrated there. And I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game because the Bucks secondary is just the injury-riddled. And believe it or not, Big Ben gets a click from Mike today. Uh, <laughs> even without Juju, the Seahawks secondary is just absolutely terrible. Uh, Deontay Johnson's healthy, so is Chase Claypool. And if, whether it's Ray Ray McLeod or Eric Ebron or Pat Fryermuth or uh, James Washington in play, I think Big Ben's good for a couple of touchdowns in this game. Now, I'm not saying he's a top 10 or 12 guy, but if you need him, you know, you probably can get some points. 20-plus points out of him. He had his first 20-point game last week, so go Big Ben. <laughs> a couple guys I'm concerned about this this uh, week. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's just not been producing for fantasy owners this year. It's all been Derrick Henry. Uh, they're playing the Bills this week. That's a terrible matchup. Uh, Henry's going to get his on the ground and all, but you got a Gimby, uh, Julio Jones might not play. A.J. Brown still not 100%, not really productive and in, in clicking with Tannehill, so I would sit Tannehill and look elsewhere for fantasy production. And Derek Carr is starting to uh, slop off a little bit. <laughs> He's struggling, and uh, the Broncos uh, have a good defense, a good secondary. I think they're going to limit their car, so you can do better elsewhere. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? Well, speaking of that Bronco game, I'm not real high on Teddy Bridgewater. The Raiders are a tough team to gauge this week with all the Gruden stuff going on, obviously. Teams in this situation often step up and play emotionally, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Uh, being at mile high, it does also staff the visitors as well, so I think the Raiders are going to struggle there. So with the weakness of the rush defense for, for Vegas, I can see Denver using their two running backs to impose their will, wear down uh, the Raiders. And Teddy B just won't have a high volume this week. The Raiders have also only allowed a little over 200 yards per game and only six passing touchdowns in five games, so I'd stay away. And then I'm not high on Kirk Cousins this week. I, 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 think, you know, they're gonna, I think the Vikes are going to rest Alvin Cook heading into a week seven bye and the Panthers can focus on the passing game even more. And that's not good because they're already allowing the fewest passing yards, under 200 yards a game, the fewest completions, and the second fewest attempts. Cousins has been struggling for fantasy recently without Cook, averaging only 15 points per game the last two weeks, despite facing two pretty generous pass defenses. So, for, And for what it's worth, he's only 3-11 lifetime against the NFC South. So I, I think this is going to be a bad week for Kirk Cousins. Okay. How about uh, running back? Uh, give me a couple of running backs you like and why. Uh, a little bit of a contrarian play. I kind of like Miles Sanders this week. Uh, I know they've had lackluster usage of the running back in Philly, but it is kind of clear to me that the rumors of Sanders' replacement by Kenneth Gainwell have been greatly exaggerated. He's still dominating snap count and touches, and he's, he's even taken a greater role in the passing game in recent weeks. And it's this uptick that has me excited about Sanders this week because for all the strengths of the Bucks, Bucks versus the run, uh, they have the fewest rushing attempts by far they've allowed, but they're very susceptible to running backs that can catch the ball, having allowed the second most running back reception. On a short week and at home, I like the run and the screen game to be big on Thursday night football. And then I like Daryl Henderson this week. He's very quietly and consistently posting 16 to 18 PPR points every week. The RB 13 overall in PPR, clearly the lead back ahead of Sony Michelle, dominating touches and snaps. So uh, facing the Giants bodes well for him. They've seeded amongst the most touches and fantasy points to running backs so far in 2021, and it's also a good chance for some of those pound-the-clock, grinded-out carries in the second half because this Giants team is pretty bad and pretty beat up, and speedier backs have given them a lot of trouble this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I I wish my team was better. 
<laughs> okay, a couple of running backs I like. Uh, Latavius Murray, I know he didn't do much on, on Monday night, uh, but the Los Angeles Chargers, one thing they struggled with is stopping the run. Cleveland ran all over them last week, and I think Latavius Murray's going to get the, the, the ball most of the time. He's going to score uh, in, in this game now. It's not going to be a lot of volume, but I can see something like eight or ten carries for 50, 40, 50 yards and a score. So if you need him, start him. And like uh, you said, in Denver, uh, Javonta Williams, I think, is going to score on the Raiders this week. Their, uh, their run defense is just, just sucks. Uh, well, Tyson Williams scored against them back in week one. Remember that? So I think Javonta Williams can score in them, too. All right, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, and I know you say you would like the contrarian version there, Miles Sanders. He's just not seeing enough touches for my taste. I know he will catch some passes against the Bucks, but – I really don't know how many touches he's going to see in that game, so it's kind of a caution play for me. And, of course, Chris Carson with that net condition, uh, Steelers' run defense has improved. They're healthier now. Uh, that just screams fantasy bench for me this week during a critical uh, start of the bye week situation. So uh, if you've got Alex Collins, hold on to him. You might be able to use him this week. Uh, um, how about uh, you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Damian Harris. Uh, I know it's a, it's a little bit of an interesting one since the Cowboys have been a good fantasy defense despite giving up a lot of points, but they've been very stingy to the opposing running backs, especially because they score so much that they force the pass. They've allowed the second fewest rushing attempts and the third fewest yards, and a volume-dependent guy like Damian Harris is a tough play, even if he wasn't racked up last Sunday like he was. Dallas does allow a ton of running back receptions, but Harris is really not active in the passing game, so in a PPR, Bolden might be a better Patriots running back this week. And then Mark Ingram, I don't like. As predicted after the rare positive game script in week one, Ingram has basically disappeared because the Texans trail a lot in games. David Johnson has outpaced him in snaps and PPR points for four straight weeks. And with the relative strength of the Colts' interior run defense, only one touchdown allowed uh, on the ground, the going's going to be rough against Indy for rushing the ball. Ingram is also very volume and TD dependent. And so he and Johnson are very are barely rosterable right now. And in PPR, I'd much rather have DJ in there this week, which says a lot about how little I like Ingram in this matchup. Yeah, I have to agree with there. All right, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, we mentioned Chase Claypool earlier. I think the loss of Juju definitely opens up some of the high-value targets in this passing game, a fact that everyone saw after Juju left the game Sunday. Claypool had 15 targets and 18 PPR points the week prior as well with him in the lineup. So, in fact, he and teammate Deontay Johnson are among the 10 players that have had 10 or more PPR points in every game they played this year. Uh, and then you look at Seattle, it's allowed a top-five PPR wide receiver in four straight games. That's impressive. I say Claypool makes it five. Uh, in a row. And I love Emmanuel Sanders again this week. You think of Diggs and Beasley and Knox, but Sanders so far is leading the receiver so far in fantasy scoring in 2021. He has somewhat quietly been the wide receiver number one in the last three weeks, averaging 20 points per game as the supposed deep threat on the league's most potent offense. I also see the Titans have allowed the most wide receiver receiving yards and the third most fantasy points to the position, and they've been getting rolled up all wide receivers by wide receivers while facing guys like Wentz, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence the last three weeks. This could get ugly with Buffalo scoring a lot in the air. Yeah, I have to agree with you about Manny. Love, love me some Manny. Won the, won the, our fifth game in a row in FFPC main event. I can't believe we got up to 5-0 and team for the first time in the history of the event. Uh, top 100 in scoring. I'm just crossing my fingers it stays. But, uh, yeah, we, by starting Manuel Sanders over Jacoby Myers last week, we won our game by five points. And so I, uh, 
I like me some Manny. Anyway, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin had an off game last week. I think he's going to rebound in a big way against the suspect Chiefs secondary. They couldn't stop anybody uh, in, the, in the rain there uh, in Buffalo last week, and I think McLaurin's going to score. And speaking of Jacoby Myers, I think he actually could get his first score against the Cowboys set a leaky secondary this week. Uh, poor guy caught a pass right near the goal line, got tackled on the one, and they took him out of the game. And, uh, and <laughs> threw, threw the touchdown to Hunter Henry. I'm like, really, uh, Bill? Uh, Bill doesn't care who scores. <laughs> as long as you're playing in the game plan. Anyway, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. I already mentioned him earlier. J.J. Brown's uh, playing with a gimpy hamstring there. The Bills, I think, are going to be all over him to, to keep him limited there. And also, believe it or not, Cortland Sutton, the Raiders have still not allowed a wide receiver to score since week number one. Now, I know Cortland's been up and down. There's good potential there and all. But like you said, I just think that it's going to be run, run, run. Cortland's going to catch some passes here, but I don't expect a big game, so just be a temper your expectations right there. All right, how about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? Uh, start with OBJ. Uh, Arizona's allowed a moderate amount of fantasy scoring to the wide receiver through five weeks, but they've really clamped down on number one receiving options to the tune of about a 40% completion rate to each team's top target. When you factor in the difficulty he has had connecting with Baker Mayfield and Mayfield's injury, the run-heavy game plan, and his underwhelming 2021 performance so far. I just can't get real excited about OBJ this week. And then a guy that has a lot in common with OBJ, Kadarius Toney uh, in, in uh, New York. I mean, the rookie's been awesome the last few weeks, but you can't chase those points. Looking at this week, as you mentioned earlier, most of the Giants receiving crew looks to be out as well as Saquon. So he's going to be the main focus of a really good defense this week instead of a Dallas pass defense like last week and likely get some attention from Jalen Ramsey as well. And if that wasn't bad enough, he might be catching passes from Mike Glennon, which doesn't inspire confidence in the face of this pass rush. Tony himself is also dealing with some foot injuries from Sunday's game, so even he won't be at full strength, and he's not even a guarantee to go this week. Yep. All right, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? A uh, guy we've mentioned a lot tonight, Zach Ertz. Um, the Bucks have been moderately generous in the tight end this year, definitely very generous in the passing game in total. And since the tight end takes a big chunk of the targets in Philly, both he and Goddard could, could have stood to see a lot of action. But now with Goddard listed on the COVID list and out, Ertz is going to really get the lion's share of all those tight end touches, which could be, could be very large. He had been outpacing Goddard and targets in recent weeks anyway, 21 to 12 over the last three games. So I think uh, Ertz is going to be a real, real big target this, this Thursday. And then I love Mike Gesicki. He's already a borderline starter, but he has excelled after laying an egg in week one. He's third in targets, seventh in points amongst tight end the last four weeks. The Jaguars have been also been very generous to the fantasy tight end so far, and they played a who's who of practice squad caliber tight end. So to, to give up that kind of points to those kind of guys says that they're really susceptible. Uh, the one caveat is that his egg in week one was with Tua under center, and there is a chance that Tua may be back this week. So his 2021 sink with synchronization with, with Tua, you know, does remain to be seen, although it was great at the end of last season. Yep. Okay, a couple of guys I uh, like this week. Uh, boy, I've been loving me some Dawson Knox, too. I mean, he's scored what, four times in the last three weeks. It's simply too hot to bench. You plug and play. Don't worry about it. Tyler Higby uh, coming off a score, although he got, got gimped, uh, gimped up, uh, there, or injured his arm, but he returned to the game, and after that, that's when he scored. Well, uh, the Giants are just terrible against the tight end, so I think Higby's going to score this week, and then so uh, plug him and start him if you need him in your lineup. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Uh, Blake Jarwin uh, totally shut out last week. Dalton 
Schultz is the guy that's getting all the tight end targets there. He's uh, simply un- too unreliable to start. And Robert Tanyan, uh, the, the beat goes on here. You know, he either gets a red zone look, which has happened once this year, or he doesn't get anything and gets pulled and uh, is in rotation with the other tight ends there in Green Bay. So, uh, And also uh, the Bears are playing uh, tough against the tight end. So sit Robert this week. All right, Chris, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, the Bears have shut down good tight ends, too. So uh, I don't really mm-hmm. like either of the Browns' tight ends. Uh, Hooper and, and Joku have been toggling back and forth, so you're guessing which one gets the action of a crapshoot, then Joku having the edge. The passing game for Cleveland has been sketchy, and Arizona has totally eliminated the tight end all season so far, significantly due to helping with the pass rush and blocking. So with Cleveland's O-line a little banged up, I'd just stay away from both this week. And then uh, Gerald Everett, as I kind of mentioned earlier when we talked about Geno Smith, um, Pittsburgh has been remarkably stout against the tight end. They've only allowed 19 catches, one touchdown, and about 35 yards a game to the position, despite playing against several above-average options, Waller, Knox, Tanyan, and Fant so far. So when you add an Everett's return to the lineup and the unknowns of Geno Smith under center, this looks like a great stay-away game for Gerald Everett. Okay, before we get to our next segment, uh, I want to remind everyone, Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Sign up with your promo code MASTERMIND to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share could be as expensive as 30 bucks, and watching how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. If you're uh, using an Android phone, that you definitely want to check them out at predictionstrike.com. Once again, people, a sponsor, very important. Uh, do us a favor and support uh, this show by visiting predictionstrike.com. All right, uh, Chris, time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Uh, let me have them. Uh, Evan McPherson, the rookie for Cincinnati. Detroit allows the second most kicking points per game, and you just know he's good for a 50-yarder at the buzzer to win the game because that's apparently what happens to Detroit every week. And then I love Nick Folk. Um, he's still under 20% owned despite leading the kicker scoring through five weeks. He also gets a generous opponent this week. A couple of defenses. I love Indianapolis, as we mentioned earlier. They're starting a big stretch, and we're going to start against Houston. The defense is causing turnovers. They return home. They get a poor team that uh, only scored 10 points per game the last three weeks. I like Cincinnati going to Detroit. Detroit hasn't scored more than 17 points since the opener, and they're prone to turnovers and sacks. And a little bonus defense, got to like Miami playing against Jacksonville in, uh, over there in London. Usually bad weather, and Jacksonville's just good for turning the ball over a ton. There you go. Stream those defenses and kickers, people, if you need to. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Masarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week seven of the NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Masarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.